we as creators and storytellers can be very eager to meet people in different walks of life. And it allows us to learn more about where they're coming from, their stories, and it gives us great creative ideas once we've had those opportunities to kind of see how other people are living, et cetera. Select CT. What's up, world? This is the Select CT podcast, where we talk about the digital media landscape in Connecticut and what it means for young people who want to get into the industry. I'm David DeRoche. I run the podcast program at Quinnipiac University, and this podcast is a production of Digital Media CT in partnership with Quinnipiac, the University of Connecticut, and the Connecticut Office of Film, Television, and Digital Media. Today's episode, we're going to talk about something that's likely the topic of a few conversations among creative people in southeastern Connecticut, and that's a place called The Village. Now, this place is still being built, but on paper, it seems pretty cool. There's production studios, there's a microbrewer is going to be setting up shop, there's a farm-to-home food delivery service, all wrapped up at a renovated building on Canal Street in Stanford. And today in Select CT, we have someone from one of those companies that's setting up shop in the village. We have Chelsea Trowbridge. She's with us. She's a senior vice president for post-production at Wheelhouse, which does all kinds of things in media marketing and in the investment spaces. So pretty excited to have Chelsea on to talk about the Wheelhouse, the village, her career, and what it means to get into digital media in Connecticut today. Chelsea, thanks so much for joining us on Select CT. Thank you so much for having me. So before we get into the village, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you get into uh, media production and what brought you to the Wheelhouse? Sure. Um, I majored in broadcast journalism at the University of Maryland. I always had big aspirations to become a sportscaster when I was younger. And upon graduating, I started out working on remote college football crews with ABC Sports. Then that filtered into more freelance jobs with ESPN. I never was based in Bristol. I always worked out of New York. And then when most of the ABC sports operations moved out of New York City and up to Bristol. I started finding other opportunities in TV production, one of which was just working at a post house facility in New York called Postworks. And that's really where I started learning more about the post production world. Um, I oversaw our offline edit facility, which was primarily Avid systems at that point, and really kind of took my career in a little bit of a turn from the creative side more to the technical side and had an, a great opportunity to join a company called Original Media. And one of my former EPs who I worked with at a show at ESPN had said, hey, you're, I hear that you're doing lots of um, work with building out offline facilities, et cetera, at Postworks. I'm building a brand new facility. Would you be interested in coming on board at Original Media? And I took the opportunity. That was really my first foray into the unscripted reality world. And I have stayed there ever since. So similarly, landed at Wheelhouse. Um, I worked at Original Media. It eventually became called Truly Original after we merged with another company and worked there for 10 years. And then an opportunity came up at Wheelhouse. Um, Very similar we were building out a brand new facility in Stanford, and it was a great opportunity for me to move the skills that I've learned from building out other facilities here. Also, staying in the production world is always a plus for me. So it's kind of been a little bit of a varied road for me going from creative to technical, but everybody uh, takes interesting paths along the way, right? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like you, you had opportunity maybe to come to Connecticut, um, but then eventually you ended up here. 
I did. Yeah. Um, well, my husband works for ESPN. So at one point when we were deciding to get married, I moved out of the city. We settled in Fairfield and I've been commuting into the city for the last eight years or so, which definitely is a grind. And, oh, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where at the time there weren't a, too many. There were some opportunities in Connecticut and the Stanford um, area in the television industry, but not as many as there are now. And it's just one of those things where I was just waiting for the right opportunity to be able to be close to home, get off the train for a bit. <laughs> right. And it's probably one one thing about that Stanford location that is enticing for people who do live in Connecticut and want to get into the media space is that you don't have to get into the city to 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 do that work. You know, there's this great spot right there in Stanford. So uh, another incentive for people to, to look for work in Connecticut. So tell us about what the, you know, we talked a little bit about your career getting to Wheelhouse. What exactly does the Wheelhouse do? Because I'm looking around on the website and it just looks like, man, they got their hands on a lot of it's cookie jars. a little jars. bit of everything, right? It really is. Yeah. <laughs> Won't you tell us just a, a little bit about some of those cookies that you guys are, are digging into? Sure. So Wheelhouse has several different sectors, one of which is Wheelhouse Properties, which is responsible, for instance, of building out the village. Um, that is a real estate arm where they're, they bought several properties, some of which are residential properties, some are commercial. Um, there's the Wheelhouse 360 partners who are looking more for investment opportunities. And then there's the Wheelhouse entertainment side, which is what I, where I'm working. And within that, we have Spoke Studios, which is our production company. We also have several partner companies within there. We have Kimelot, um, Campfire, Den of Thieves, several production companies within that realm. And we also have Wheelhouse DNA, which deals mostly in the digital world on streaming platforms and a lot of social media platforms has been doing some really great work. They have partnerships with a lot of content creators such as Nikita Dragon. They've been doing podcasts. Oh, and 24 Golden, one of our favorite recording artists. <laughs> um, they've been doing some podcasts with Bailey Sarian, who has the Dark History podcast, which is one of the top podcasts on Spotify and Apple right now. Um, we also have partnerships with Kevin Hart's LOL network. Um, we just did a series with him called Lift Comics, which is a pretty funny game show that has been launching on a lot of streaming platforms. And we also have a partnership with Adam Levine's 222 Productions. So just a lot of like really fun opportunities, bringing in some really big stars and helping them with a lot of their online content. Very cool. I'm going to have to talk offline about how we could uh, partner and do some stuff on in that space. Totally. And Kimmelot, that's that's Jimmy Kimmel's uh, production thing, right? It is, correct. He's one of our partners. Very cool. Very cool. So let's talk about the village because you know the way it's being hyped, it just sounds like a pretty awesome thing. And also, we did get a chance to talk with uh, Daniel Bybo from ITV in our last mm -hmm. season of Select CT. So if listeners missed that episode, please go check that out. And from that conversation and from what I've read, I mean, the village sounds pretty cool. How would you describe the village? Well, we're trying to go for a really fun work and play atmosphere. As you mentioned, we have the Cisco Brewery and a restaurant um, called The Wheel, which is opening up on the ground level. And Cisco's actually already opened. They're having um, Friday through Sunday service right now. And nice. it's really neat, like, very relaxed atmosphere, picnic tables and cornhole set up right along the canal on. there, right on the water. You could bring your boat up if you wanted to. It's, wow. it's a very cool vibe. Um, 
So we have the the restaurant will be opening somewhat soon. And then, as you mentioned, Danielle, who's from ITV America, they'll be taking over one of our floors. We have the Herman Miller Group. So we have, you know, a design firm on one of the floors. So we're really trying to get an eclectic mix of people under the roof. It's not solely entertainment industry people. A lot of diverse opportunities there to meet people that aren't just in this entertainment industry. Right. And it does sound like the design of it being you know so varied and having so many different things being uh, located there, that you are trying to attract a creative crowd, a younger crowd, I imagine. And, and so what kind of opportunities do you think are emerging there that aren't really in Connecticut yet? What sort of new things uh, are emerging that uh, young people should be looking out for? Well, I think we're really trying to find a great studio space, for instance, is one of the things that we're going to be building out for a lot of our younger content creators. I mean, one of the great examples is the D'Amelio sisters who are right up the road in Norwalk. And, you know, we're thinking if we have a studio space where podcasters and Twitch stars and TikTok stars can come and record, et cetera, it will really open up an opportunity that previously is a little difficult to find in Connecticut. Um, so definitely, you know, trying to draw in the younger talent and give them a space to play and create that they previously didn't have access to. And one other thing we have is our wheelhouse club, which is going to be on the top floor of the building. And that's really an area where we're trying to bring in people from several different industries, the financial industry, the entertainment industry, and get people who wouldn't necessarily always be in the same social or work circles to mix and mingle and get involved in projects together. Very cool. I love that. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about that. Before I do, I want to ask a little bit about the studio and and how you're using that to attract young people, young creatives to come down there. What do you think about when you're putting together a studio? I know when we built the Quinnipiac podcast studio, you know, you have to think about things like acoustics and the sound of the air from the heat or the air conditioning. Are there aspects to that studio construction that, you know, people who might want to do maybe a small studio space at home uh, need to think about or what sort of things go into actually creating that space? Sure. Well, as you mentioned, sound is always the biggest draw. Um, We're constantly, you know, especially battling with, for instance, we're right on the water. So we have these beautiful views and glass windows, but how do you make the acoustics just right that Mm. you're not getting a lot of leak through the glass? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there are other instances where you can elevate the floors to make them a floating room and, and really enhance the acoustics. So there's a lot of that. You also just want the room to be comfortable. You want it to be a place that is a little bit loungy and where people can really relax and and not feel like they're cooped up in a cubicle or a stuffy office. And that really lends itself to creativity. So yes, there's the technical side of it and building it out so that you aren't getting a lot of interference from the uh, the AC can you know right. air conditioner getting in the room, but also getting creating a relaxed environment for people to really be able to let their creativity shine. And how do you think the pandemic, you know, obviously we have to talk about the pandemic because all this is happening <laughs> during all this this craziness. How do you think that has uh, influenced any of the decisions that you guys have made? Have you guys had any sort of focus on, you know, certainly you, you're creating a physical space, right, for people to go to to do this stuff, but, you know, more and more frequently people are staying at home and maybe are are scared even as the pandemic sort of we're on the hopefully on the other side of it maybe scared to to go into a physical space 
has it shifted anything you guys have done in that space? Are you trying to empower people to do things remotely or are you still focused on the physical space? We definitely are going to have a very large component in the remote side of things at our new space. For instance, I would say we'll have 12 edit bays inside of our wheelhouse space. And then we'll also have several remote systems in our machine room racks where we'll be able to tap in. And it really gives people the flexibility either if they want to come into the office part-time, they have the ability to do so and still work from home. Or if we were trying to work with people who may be on like another part of the state where it's not as easy for them to get to Stanford, or if we have people that are traveling for work and still need to tap in and edit a show for us, they they have the ability to do so in our remote component. So we really are thinking of it in that hybrid model. And I don't really see that being something that's going to go away too soon because a lot of people do prefer working in that environment, or at least they want the option to work in that environment. I, for one, am very eager to get back to the office. I really miss people. So I'm excited mm. to get this all launched and underway. But Man, I hear you. Um, a lot of people are, are very happy at home and we want them to be able to have the best of both worlds. And if anything positive has emerged from this, I, f- I feel like it's that. It's that you know now companies are becoming more aware of the needs of their employees that some people might want to stay home more frequently. And some people like yourself want to be in that office. And I think allowing that, that hybrid model to exist is smart. So I, I'm glad you guys are doing that. Um, let's switch back a little bit to something you talked about before is having all these different kinds of companies being located in one building. Do you feel like you know, as life has sort of transitioned online, that the need for um, companies to work be more integrated? Do you have, I guess, you know, spaces like this where there's all different kinds of uh, places you can go to in this one physical space? Um, it's sort of like a reinvention of, of, of business collaborations. Do you imagine that's going to be a trend moving forward? Or, or is that something that just sort of came together? Was it consciously put together like that? Or did it just sort of evolve into that? I think it evolved into it. We were just looking at people in the area that we thought would be a good fit to draw into the village environment. And it doesn't necessarily have to be all entertainment. And I think we as creators and storytellers can be very eager to meet people in different walks of life. And it allows us to learn more about where they're coming from, their stories, and it gives us great creative ideas once we've had those opportunities to kind of see how other people are living, et cetera. Um, So it's one of those things where once you're outside that entertainment bubble, it actually helps you in the creative process with coming up with new ideas and just creative ways to work with people that are in different industries. So like I said, it evolved into that, but I think it's a trend that definitely helps um, particularly in the entertainment industry. You know, I, I really like the, your description of that because it seems like, you know, it is very easy to get wrapped up into a bubble and just get sucked into, you know, the world you're in, the production world where you're hanging around people just like you. But imagine, like you said, if you create a space where you're constantly interacting with people from different industries, you're going to be constantly inspired by things that you might not ever have considered otherwise. And and so I love this idea of sort of integrating different people from different fields, even if they're not necessarily creative fields, they could be very technical fields, but still that could inspire conversations and inspire ideas for storytelling. I I really love that. And I think one of the things that we're exploring this season in this podcast in Select CT season two is this idea of building community and what it means, you know, for businesses to uh, participate in community building. And it seems like what you guys are doing at the village and with wheelhouse, you are creating a community. 
Um, and I'm wondering, um, what do you think that the impact that the wheelhouse and the village will have, not just in that enclosed community itself in the physical space, but just broader throughout Stanford or even throughout um, Connecticut? Well, we're really hoping, I mean, we're extremely, Brent and Courtney Montgomery, who are the CEOs of, of Wheelhouse and have really birthed this entire project, they're very, very interested in community involvement and are already actively involved in the Stanford community. Um, one connection that we've been working very closely with is the Waterside School in Stanford. And it's this great school where children get a scholarship who come from, you know, backgrounds where they may not have the same opportunities that other people would have. And we're really working closely with them to make sure that they're engaged within the village once we open and can have the opportunity to see how TV is made, work with some of the artists that come in, work with some of the um, chefs that come into our restaurants, et cetera, and open them up to new experiences that they may not otherwise have. I think it's one of those things where even just the social settings of having the Cisco Brewery or the Wheel Restaurant brings in more people from the community and really makes it feel like a welcoming place where everyone knows they can come hang out at the village and, and have a good time, meet great people, have good conversations, and kind of open them up to, to meeting a lot of uh, people from interesting backgrounds. You know, Stanford's such a diverse area, and that's one of the things that made us most interested in building in this area. And I think that the village is hopefully going to be something that really brings in the diversity of Stanford and is a place where everyone can, can just mingle and have a good time and feel that sense of community and home. And I, I really like that idea. And it seems like something that, you know, could be a trend moving forward in the future, you know, especially in, in parts of uh, Connecticut that have a lot of brown fields ready to be developed, redeveloped into, you know, spaces like this. There seems like there's a lot of opportunity for companies to, to do something similar like this throughout Connecticut. So uh, hopefully this is the start of a trend. I, I want to ask what you think um, students who want to be getting into the digital media space um, you know, what kind of tips could you offer them who are pursuing jobs either at the wheelhouse or in digital media generally? Well, I think one of the best things for people that are interested in the digital world is that there's access to so many great free software programs and, or at least programs that are much less expensive than they were when I was first getting into the industry. So do as much as you can on your own. I mean, everyone has a phone in their pocket. They can be shooting content and creating every single day. So that's a huge, huge advantage to anyone who's interested. Um, the more you do, the more you learn. It, this isn't the type of industry where you necessarily need to have a film school background. You can go in, like for instance, I was in broadcasting a lot of our listeners are in digital media. It's one of those things you learn everything you can at school, but what you can be doing in your spare time is just as important. And any opportunity that you can get, just meet people. Because I will say in this industry, the more people that you meet, the more people you know, the more opportunities that you put yourself out there for, people will be excited to bring you in for other job opportunities. Um, when I was in college, I think every single internship opportunity that came my way, I took it because the more that I learned, the better. And having that real world practical experience was the best thing that 
you can do for your career. So yeah, just keep get out there and do keep it. Creating, get out there and do it. That's that's the key. Yeah, I'm you know I'm so glad you said that. You know, my growing up, my dad's uh, big lesson to me was learn by doing, do the thing, and then learn. Absolutely. And I feel like you know to your point, you know, not necessarily needing the degree, but just doing the the work. You know, here uh, nowadays, it's the ability for us to do that is you know, like you said, it, it's that opportunity is there. Oh, so much easier than right than it was. 10, 15, 20 years ago. Where you needed all the fancy equipment and all that. And nowadays we have, you know, cam- like you said, camera phones in our pocket that <laughs> more powerful than anything that existed 10 years ago. Totally, even. totally. And even in in like the the professional space, you know, uh, I think in um, Darnella Frazier getting the uh, the the uh, the special citation by the Pulitzer board sort of recognizes the value of people just without any sort of um, experience doing this, just doing, but doing it, right? Getting out there and doing it and putting the work out there, um, you know, shows that that has value. So just doing it, you know, learning and moving forward and, and getting your name out there. I think it's great advice. Are you guys hiring right now? Let's tell our listeners about that. We are doing a pretty crazy ramp up. Now we are not in our offices yet in Stanford. They're still under construction, but we definitely will be ramping up pretty much across the board in the next several months. We have a lot of projects that have just been greenlit in our spoke studio side. Our wheelhouse DNA digital side is just constantly signing TikTok stars and Twitch stars. And, you know, we have crazy amount of podcasts and um, podcasts with also visual components that we're working on at the moment. So, yes, like we are we are definitely looking for people. <laughs> Very cool. So uh, listeners, if you are interested, check out Wheelhouse. Uh, You can just Google them and learn more about them. You can also check out The Village um, and check out when they're going to be opening. I believe it's hopefully sometime in the next year. Is that correct? Yes. So we have, for instance, ITV America should be moving in in the next month or so, maybe even sooner. And I believe our Wheelhouse um, offices will be opening up. We should probably be the last people that are moving into the building. That'll probably be sometime this fall. So it'll be here before we know it. Awesome. Fall 2021. Very cool. Well, I want to thank our guest, Chelsea Trowbridge, for joining us, Senior Vice President for our post-production at The Wheelhouse. Chelsea, thanks so much for joining us on Select CT. You're so very welcome. It was a pleasure. Select CT is a podcast production of Digital Media CT in partnership with Quinnipiac University, the University of Connecticut, and the Connecticut Office of Film, Television, and Digital Media. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Digital Media CT. That's Digital Media underscore CT. Tell us what you think about our show. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow me on Twitter at Saving EJ. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other apps. If you want to learn more about the digital media landscape in Connecticut, you can visit digitalmediact.com. The producer of Selects TT is Justin Matley. Matt Warwood is our executive producer. Our marketing coordinator is Marvin Lewis. I'm David Roche. Thanks for listening. Now get out there and make some media. Select CT.